To try to imagine what is coming around the next corner of our life can be frustrating and frightening. This message is the sixth in the series, Peace In, Peace Out. The message is entitled, Preparing for the Future. Here is Pastor Dale O'Shields. We're talking about how you and I can experience the peace of God inside of us so that the peace of God flows out of us to the people around us. You can't give away what you don't have. So you and I need to receive the peace of God so we can be distributors of the peace of God or peacemakers toward others. As a part of this series, we've been looking at a very familiar passage of Scripture, the 23rd Psalm. There perhaps is no more familiar, precious passage in all the Bible for many folks than this wonderful six verses of the 23rd Psalm, where David speaks these words, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. If there ever was a psalm that was, that was meant for times that we're going through, it's this very psalm. And you and I need to understand a bit about uh, what motivated David to write these words. David is the author of this psalm, and there was a particular set of circumstances that many theologians believe actually drove David to these words, to this moment when he's reflecting upon the Lord being his shepherd. It was a time in David's life when he was facing great difficulty personally. So he was the king of Israel, and God had done incredible things through David. The kingdom had been expanded in a massive way. And now here he is as he's a little older in life, and he has kids, and some of the kids he has a good relationship with, and others he has less than a good relationship with. And one of those strained relationships in David's life was with his son Absalom. And there comes this point in the strain and the, and the tension of the relationship that Absalom makes a very bad decision. Absalom decides he's going to rebel against his father, King David, and he's going to take the kingdom away from his dad. Think about that for a moment. Here he is now making the decision, I'm going to take the kingdom from my father. And what that means is this, I've got to kill him. I have to have him murdered. He has to be assassinated. I have to get David out of the way. And David learns of Absalom's, Absalom's plans, and what he does is he has to leave Jerusalem. He flees Jerusalem for his life, and he goes through the Kidron Valley, and he heads out into the wilderness. And when he gets out into the wilderness, there were some things, some surroundings in the wilderness that actually stimulated some thoughts in David's mind. David had grown up as a shepherd boy. He grew up taking care of his father, Jesse's sheep, and David understood what it meant to be a shepherd. And he finds himself seeing out in the wilderness all these sheep and all these shepherds, and he's reminded of a time in his own life when he'd been that shepherd taking care of of sheep, and now he was the sheep, and he needed a shepherd, and so he remembers who the Lord is, and he says, you are, Lord, my shepherd. Actually, it's a Hebrew compound name for God, Jehovah-Rohi. You are the shepherd of my life, and then he begins to reflect upon what that means, because you're my shepherd. I have everything that I need. You're the one that makes me lie down in green pastures, and you're the one that leads me beside the still waters. You're the one that restores my soul and allows me to walk in paths of righteousness for your name's sake. You're the one that leads me through the valley of the shadow of death, so I fear no evil, because you're with me. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. And then David makes this statement in verse number five, and this will be our focus point for this weekend. You prepare a table before me, in the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. And he goes on to talk about the goodness and mercy of God. But notice that statement, you prepare 
Notice, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I want to talk to you this weekend about preparation, and a certain kind of preparation. I want to talk to you in terms of what David experienced here, a preparation for his future. I want to talk to you about how God prepares his future for you. How does God prepare you for your future and the future he has for you? See, David had this understanding that shepherds take care of and prepare for their sheep. And I'm going to share with you three very important lessons this weekend that I think will be extremely helpful as you and I think about our future. Because the future, our future thoughts can be very intimidating. What's going to happen tomorrow and what's going to happen a week from tomorrow and what's going to happen five years from now? Where will my life be? And we have a, a tendency to spend a lot of our time worried about, concerned about the future. What is my future going to look like? And what I want to do today is to bring you into David's life and to actually bring you, more importantly, into God's perspective of your life so that today you can have this recognition that God has you right where you need to be and he has, you, he has a, a future planned for you that's perfect for your life. Let me share with you three things to remember out of this passage, out of verse number five of Psalm 23. The first thing that I want you to remember this weekend is that our shepherd is the one that always goes before us. David understood that as a shepherd, what a shepherd will do is a shepherd will go out and find the pasture land for the sheep. That before the sheep are even taken there, they have scouted out the land and they found the best places for their sheep to feed. And so here David is thinking about this next stage of his life, that as he gets through the valley of the shadow of death, he realizes something. He realizes that God has gone before him and that God has prepared a way for him. God has been where he's going to be, that God is in his future as well as in his present. And David says, you prepare a table before me. It's an interesting word that David uses there, a table. And, and David understood this word as a shepherd would have understood it. The table represented table land. That is a higher plain where beautiful grass grows, where there's beautiful pasture land. And so David said, you got me through the valley and you went ahead of me and you found this beautiful pasture land that is high plains and the beautiful grass grows there to feed me, to nurture me. You prepare a table, table land for me in the presence of my enemies. He's, he's a good shepherd, David says. You, you've prepared the way for me. See, God is the one that goes before you. I want to remind you today that wherever you're going in your future, God has already gone there. Wherever you're headed in your life, God is already there. See, God is not contained in time as we measure it. God is the Alpha and the Omega. Simultaneously, He is the beginning and the end. That we, It's mysterious for us to understand how God can be at the beginning, in the middle, in the end, but God is not limited by time as you and I are. And so where your future is, God has already been there. Listen to what the Lord says to His people in Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse number 30. These words are so powerful. The Lord your God, who is going before you, did you hear that? Who is going before you, will fight for you. The Lord your God, who went ahead of you, notice that, ahead of you on your journey, in fire by night, and in a cloud by day, to search out places for you to camp, and to show you the way you should go. Here Moses is reminding the people of God that God has already gone before you. He's already gone ahead of you, that where you're going, God has already been there. Isaiah chapter 52, verse 12. 
Here the, 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 the people of Judah, they've been in Babylonian captivity for 70 years and God is now speaking to them about their return back to Jerusalem, a prophetic word for when they will return back to Jerusalem. And I want you to listen again to this, this theme, this idea that we find here in Isaiah 52, 12, but you will not leave in haste or go in flight for the Lord will go before you. Did you hear that phrase again? The Lord will go before you. The God of Israel will be your rear God. Your, your rear guard. Here God says, I'm going ahead of you. And I'm going to be behind you. I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. Dear one, I want you to remember today in your life that where you're going, God has already been there. That's why you can have confidence in where God is guiding you in your life. Now, what, is, what, do we, what does this mean in a practical way? Let me give you uh, two or three things to remember here. The first thing to remember is that God is never going to take you to a place that he's not carefully planned for you. So wherever God takes you, he's carefully planned it for you. He's already been there. The second thing is this. No situation in life that you face is, not, is a situation that, that God has not faced. God has faced everything that you will ever face in your life. Isaiah 53, verse number three. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. That when you go through pain and difficult things in your life, yes, you're going to go through those times of life. We all do. But God has already been where you've been. He's felt what you're feeling. He's experienced what the, the kind of pain that you've experienced or are experiencing experiencing in your life. The Bible says that he was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering. He knows what suffering is, so he can identify with you in your suffering. The Bible says that he's familiar with pain. Even when you walk through painful things, God does not desert you. God understands you in those situations, and there's no test that you will ever face in life, no test that you will ever experience that God has not already experienced, that Jesus has not already experienced and conquered. One of my favorite passages in the New Testament is Hebrews chapter 4, verses 15 and 16. I want you to listen to this from the New Living Translation. This high priest, talking about Jesus, he's your high priest. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all the same temptations we do, yet he did not sin. And notice verse 16. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it. Dear ones, remember today, so important to remember that God has already gone before you, that where you're going, God has already been. He has prepared the place for you. Nothing you will ever feel or experience. It will be anything that God has not already yet felt and experienced, that he's your companion in the midst of your pain, and that there's no temptation or test that you'll ever encounter that God is not able to help you with, with his grace and with his mercy. The second thing I want you to remember today is this, that we learn first that God goes before us. Second thing we learn is that our shepherd always prepares the way for us. He goes before us, but he also prepares the way for us. He makes a way for us. See, the, the Lord not only plans our future, but the Lord also prepares our future. Let me say that again. The Lord not only plans our future, but the Lord prepares the pathway to our futures. The Bible says again in Psalm 23, verse number four, even though I walk through the valley, through the process, through the pain, through the difficulty, through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you're with me. Your rod and staff comfort me. Then he says, I know that you're preparing a place for me, a table for me in the presence of my enemies. And I know that you know the pathway to get me there. You prepare the way to get me to that table. 
And that's what I want you to know today, that whatever the plan of God is for your life, he not only has a plan for you, that's a great thing that God has a plan for us. We all appreciate the fact that God's made plans for us, but there's something beyond that. God prepares the way for us. See, it's one thing to plan, it's another thing to actually prepare. Preparation is a statement of expectation that when something is prepared, that means that it's going to happen. Things are set in motion that will get us to that destination or the realization of that anticipation. I can say that I'm planning to go somewhere, but I know that I'm actually going when I prepare to go. I pack my suitcase and I get my plane ticket and I, I get I get the car gassed up, whatever I might need to do for my trip. And so it's one thing to make a plan. I think all of us have had great plans to do certain things, but we never make the way there. And so God not only makes a plan for you, but he actually makes the way. He puts you on a journey by his sovereign mercy, by his grace, by his working in your life to get you exactly where you need to be. Our God is a God who's very good at planning. He's also a God who's very good at preparing every part of your life. And I want you to listen to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. You need to listen to this and listen to it well. A tremendous promise that God has for you. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9. Listen, this is what the scriptures mean when they say, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Now, obviously, uh, this reference here is certainly to heaven. When we get to heaven, we're going to be amazed at what God has prepared for us. In fact, Jesus told his disciples uh, that they were to know that, that God, that he was going away and that he was going to prepare a place for them. And so, obviously, when we get to heaven, we'll realize this wonderful place. Heaven is being prepared for us and prepared for our eternity. But I believe it, impl it implies more than that, not just a preparation for something in eternity, but God's preparing something for your tomorrow. He's preparing something for you your next year. God is preparing something for your future. He's not only planned it, but he's also preparing you for it and preparing that place for you and preparing you in the pathway that will get you to where you need to be. Can you praise God for that today? Aren't you thankful that God not only has good plans for you, but he knows how to prepare the way to get you to those plans? Here's my third and final point today. Hope you're appreciating this wonderful, wonderful passage, Psalm 23, verse number five. And the third thing I wanna share with you is this, our shepherd, this heavenly shepherd, the one who shepherds our life and shepherds our soul, always provides the resources that we need to help us in our future. That's why we can be confident in our future because we can know that every resource that we need, God is going to provide. Now, think about this for a moment. Anytime you're, you're about to advance to a new stage of life, there's a certain level of trepidation that goes along with advancing. You know, when you, uh, let's say when you graduate from high school, you've now got to do something different. High school has been, schooling has been your, your, your life for a, a long period of time, and now you're graduating from high school. That's exciting and wonderful, but there's also a bit of trepidation. What's going to come next? You graduate potentially from college. Now you've got to get a job. You've got to make money. And so there's a trepidation. Every transition period, every step into a new dimension of your future always provides a little bit of potential anxiety. You get married. There's anxiety associated with that. How am I going to be as a husband or a wife? And how will I process this? How will our lives uh, be? How will we, will we will we be successful in this? And then you have your first child. There's some anxiety that associates with that. What I want you to see is that every step into a new stage of your future requires new resources in your life. The same resources that you had in the last season are not going to be this, the, the same resources you're going to need in the next season. You'll build on the past resources, but you need additional resources in your life. 
And I want you to go back with me to what David said in Psalm 23, verse number five. He says, the Lord is my shepherd, obviously. Then he says, you now take me through the valley and you prepare a place for me in the presence of my enemies. And then he says this, you anoint my head with oil. Would you say that phrase with me? You anoint my head with oil. Now, when David wrote those words, they were very special words to David because David was a shepherd. And shepherds appreciate and use very strategically oil upon their sheep. One of the things that shepherds will often do for a sheep is anoint the head of that sheep with oil just to prevent the infestation of insects because insects, especially in the hot, dry summer, like to get into the membranes of the sheep and and work their way in and and irritate the sheep. And so a shepherd will often take a, a horn of oil and pour it on the head of that sheep and provide that resource so that those insects cannot infest, infestate that animal. And then there are times, for example, when, when parasites want to eat their way into that. They actually can crawl through the ear system and embed themselves, parasites can, in the brain of the sheep and actually destroy that sheep. And so the shepherd will anoint the head of that sheep with oil to keep the parasites, again, the insect, insects and the parasites away, the, the infestations and the infections away. And then oftentimes when, when the sheep get a little rowdy, the shepherd will anoint the head of that, that ram with oil so that it helps when they're butting heads with others. There's a rubbing off, there's a lack of friction, a lack of hurting the other. So there's a, a, a paving of the way, or if you will, an oiling, a lubrication of the head of that animal so that there's, there's less conflict and less pain in the interactions they have with the other animals. What I want you to see is that when David said, he anoints my head with oil, he said, God not only has got me where he wants me to be, he went ahead of me, he found the pasture land for me, he prepared the way so that I could get here, but then when I get there, he anoints my head with oil so that my experience there can be a blessed experience. So that the spiritual insects and the spiritual parasites and the spiritual conflict that would normally create issues in my life are now able to be dealt with more adequately and more effectively and more successfully and more victoriously because he anoints my head with oil. Now, when you study the Bible and you study the concept of oil in the Bible, it's a beautiful term, a beautiful concept, and it most frequently refers to the presence and the working of the Holy Spirit. One of the things I want you to know that as you're going forward with your life, when you walk with God, here's a key to remember, that whatever stage you're in, every transition you make from one stage of life to the next stage of life, from one place in life to the next place in life, that God has oil for you in that next place, that whatever your next step is in life, your tomorrow, God has oil for your tomorrow that God has anointed you for today, but he'll also have plenty of anointing for you tomorrow. When you walk with God, the Holy Spirit empowers you and equips you and gives you everything that you need in life to serve God, to be effective at every stage of the journey. So don't worry about what's gonna happen to you uh, five years from now or two years from now or two weeks from now for that matter or two hours from now. Don't worry about that. When you get in whatever season God has for you, he has the oil for you to anoint your head with oil so that the insects spiritually are not going to be able to afflict you and the parasites are not going to be able to infestate you and the and the irritations of things in life that could cause you problems will actually be soothed by the presence of the oil of the Holy Spirit. 
You might say, well, pastor, do I have the Holy Spirit in me? How do I know that I have the Holy Spirit? If you invite Jesus Christ into your life, I promise you this, the Holy Spirit is living inside of you. You cannot be a Christian without having the presence of the Holy Spirit. So I want to encourage you today to remember that his presence is with you at every season of life, today, tomorrow, and forever as we follow him. What's the story? What's the lesson that we have for us this weekend? The lesson is this, so simple, that don't spend time worrying about your future. Don't spend your energies. Don't waste your time and your efforts and all the mental anguish trying to figure out what your future is going to be because God has already been where he's taking you. He's gone before you. He has paved that pathway before you. He's planned the way for you to get to the best things he has for you in life. And when you get there, you're going to have everything that you need to be successful because he's going to anoint your head with oil just like he did David's. Let me invite you today to pray with me as we ask God to take this message and really bring it into our hearts and lives and we grasp it deep down in our spirits. It's not a message meant to just be academically understood, but I hope these words today will be words that get way down into your heart that every day of your life, you know that you can trust God with your future. Would you pray with me? Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you so much for the opportunity that we've had today to look at the 23rd Psalm and this wonderful fifth verse that reminds us that you prepare, you prepare a, a table before us in the presence of our enemies and you anoint our heads with oil. And I pray for every person watching today, I pray in the name of Jesus, that they would sense your anointing upon their lives. I pray you'll take away every fear of the future and remind them that you're the God that's gone before them. You're the God that's making the way for them to get to where you've planned for them to be. Lord, when they get there, they'll have everything that they need to be victorious. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. I would like to close today by giving you an opportunity to ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Would you pray with me right now? Right where you are, just simply bow your head with me and I'm going to give you a prayer to pray and you can simply speak this prayer out, whisper this prayer out and from the sincerity of your heart, call upon God and I promise you that He will hear and answer you. So let's pray together. Start by simply whispering the name Jesus. Let there come uh, from your heart just the declaration of His name. Say, Jesus, I know that, that I am a sinner, that I have fallen short with you. I'm sorry for all of my sins. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you are God's Son. I believe that you are the Savior of the world. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that you rose from the grave, that you are alive today. Now pray these words. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Give me a new start in you. I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says that when we call upon God's name, we call upon the Son of God, there is salvation that comes to our lives. He changes us from the inside out, and you become a new creation. All things pass away. All things become new. And that's exactly what has happened to you today. Your next step really is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church. and You begin to study God's Word, get God's Word in you, and to make sure that you get a copy of the Bible if you don't have one and begin to read it. Spend some time every day in prayer. And I would encourage you also to check out the resources on our website that will help you to get going in your relationship with Jesus. You can find them at church-redeemer.org. Get those into your hands. Get started in your new life with Jesus Christ. Thanks again for joining us today. May God bless you, and we look forward to seeing you next time.
If you've prayed with a pastor today and made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, we have some resources for you on our website. Just go to church-redeemer.org slash a new you. We pray that this message was a blessing to you.